nel dì della vittoria io l'incontrai. Subito io ne era per le udite cose, quando i nunzi del re mi salutarono Sir di Caudoro. Vaticinio uscito dalle veggenti stesse che predissero un serto al capo mio. Racchiudi in cor questo segreto, addio. Oh! <laughs>
That was Lady Macbeth's Act One aria Vieni Tafretta, a tour de force of heroic coloratura from Act One of Verdi's Macbeth, as sung by soprano Elena Suliotis. A very warm welcome from me, Adrian Fuchs. If you've just joined us here on Fine Music Radio 101.3 FM for tonight's edition of Great Interpreters, dedicated to soprano Elena Suliotis. Greek soprano Elena Suliotis was a singer whose career burnt brighter and faster than most. Hailed as the likely successor to Maria Callas, it seemed as though she might fulfill that promise during a brief period in the mid-1960s when she was in demand in all the major opera houses around the world. She turned the career-killing role of Abigail in Nabucco into her calling card and further cemented her reputation by taking on such demanding roles as Lady Macbeth and the title role in Bellini's Norma. But success came at a price. Within less than ten years of her professional debut, Suliotis's voice was in ruins. 
Ciliotis resembled, in the words of Alan Blith, a comet that flashed brightly across the operatic scene and was all too short extinguished. Suliotis was born in Athens on the 28th of May 1943, the only child of a Greek father and a Russian mother. With the outbreak of the Greek Civil War during the 1940s, her father, a chemical engineer, moved the family to Argentina. There they prospered, and Suliotis's father eventually purchased a large villa on the outskirts of Buenos Aires. On its extensive grounds, Suliotis developed a lifelong enthusiasm for all kinds of outdoor sports, notably horseback riding. She also kept an extensive menagerie of pets. At one point, she was rumoured to have 11 cats, 7 dogs, a snake and a tarantula. Suliotis first started voice lessons at the age of 16, and her teachers included Alfredo Bonta and Yasha Galperin. Although her initial talent had been to become a chemical engineer like her father, Suliotis had showed enough vocal promise to continue her studies in Milan with Mercedes Liupart, who also taught Renata Scotto, Anna Mofo, Fiorenza Cosotto, Ivo Vinco and Alfredo Kraus. In 1964, at the age of 21, she made an auspicious debut in the vocally and dramatically demanding role of Santuzza in Mascani's Cavalleria Rusticana at the Teatro San Carlo in Naples. Here is Soliotis performing Santuzza's moving lament, Voi lo sapete o mama, from Mascani's Cavalleria Rusticana. Jesus! 
Voi lo sapete, o mamma, from Cavalleria Rusticana by Mascagni. And that was sung by Elena Suliotis, and the orchestra was conducted by Silvio Varviso in this recording from 1967. Word soon got round in Italy that a new star had been born, and offers to appear at some of Italy's foremost opera houses came flooding in. Suliotis's choice of roles, however, were fearless, if reckless. Over the course of a year, she added to her repertoire the lead roles in Luisa Miller, La Forza del Destino, La Gioconda, and Undballo in Maschera, 
She furthermore made her United States debut at the Lyric Opera of Chicago as Elena in Boito's Mephistopheli, alongside a stellar lineup of fellow singers that included Renata Tebaldi, Alfredo Kraus, and Nikolai Giarov. Along with this punishing schedule, Suliotis made her first recording for Decca as Abigail in Verdi's Nabucco, and in the process committed to disc one of the most electrifying performances ever recorded. As Abigail, Suliotis delivers her malicious outburst in the opening scene Benutin Veni Ankyo Dischioso Un Giorno with, according to Alan Blith, thrilling, almost reckless abandon, a real tour de force performance of wonderfully dramatic singing.
Truly incredible singing there from Elena Suliotis in the Act One scene of Abigail Ben Iutin Veni, leading into Anchio di Schioso Un Giorno from Verdi's Nabucco. And the orchestra and chorus of the Vienna Opera was led by Lamberto Gardelli in this 1965 recording. In 1966, Suliotis appeared to go crazy. She sang Aida in Mantua. Leonora in La Forza del Destino in Naples, and the other Leonora in Il Trovatore in Genoa. At the Maggio Musicale in Florence, Suliotis essayed the title part in Verdi's Luisa Miller at the opening gala and caused a sensation. She sang Abigail in Lisbon, Amelia in Madrid and Buenos Aires, and Aida in Mexico City. She sang the title role of Ponchiele's La Gioconda in Chicago, and made her New York debut at Carnegie Hall in a concert performance in the title role of Donizetti's Anna Bolena. As if this was not enough, Suliotis capped the year by opening the 1966 La Scala season as Abigaila, a notable honour for someone as young as she was at that time. Her uninhibited performance was greeted by unanimous praise from the public and critics alike. In addition to the frenzy of her worldwide engagements, Suliotti still found time to pursue a relationship with the pianist Marcello Guarini, a Florentine who became her coach and eventually her husband. 
In the meanwhile, Decca had signed Suliotis to a multi-record deal, and in September 1966, she recorded a solo recital of arias that tested her capabilities to the limit. Included on the disc were extracts from Verdi's Macbeth, Louisa Miller, and Unballo in Maschera, as well as the mad scene from Donizetti's Anna Bolena.
The mad scene from Donizetti's Anna Bolena as sung by Elena Suliotis. And the Rome Opera Orchestra was conducted by Oliviero Di Fabritis in this 1966 recording. Decca wasted no time in conferring upon Suliotis the title of Calas's successor, which further fueled the inevitable comparisons with her illustrious compatriot. Guerini, Suliotis's husband, maintained that Calas thought of Suliotis as an heir with a voice that surpassed her own, but according to other commentators, the similarities between the two divas were limited. It's obvious from Suliotis's phrasing, notes vocal expert Ira Sif, that she worshipped Calas, and she clearly got Callas's message and tried to replicate it whenever she could, but I don't see a similarity in their approach to singing, except for the chest notes. I'll never forget the way Suliotis poured out those chest notes. It was like a huge Broadway belt. People went nuts. We were so desperate for a replacement for Callas, and we were turned on by that daredevil thing that only Callas and Suliotis could do. You really were swept away with the excitement of it to the point where you could overlook some shortcomings. Let's listen now to Suicidio from Ponchielli's La Gioconda.
the aria Suicidio from Ponchielli's La Gioconda and the Rome Orchestra conducted by Silvio Varviso. In 1967, Suliotis acquired a new role, Bellini's Norma, which he sang in September in Mexico City, in November in a concert performance in Carnegie Hall and in December in Piacenza and Florence. Again, the comparison with Callas was inescapable and very much to the detriment of the younger singer. Whereas roughness of tone and audible gear changes between registers could be overlooked in Nabucco, they certainly could not be ignored in Norma. Nevertheless, Suliotis continued to sing the role at Chicago in 1968, in Catania in 1969, in Naples in 1970, and in Tokyo in 
Amelia's aria Echo Lorido Campo from Verdi's Un Ballo in Maschera, as performed by Elena Suliotis and the Rome Orchestra conducted by Silvio Varviso. Suliotis continued to perform the killer role of Abigail in Verdi's Nabucco at various opera houses around the globe. The difficulty of this role, however, which also damaged the voice of Verdi's wife Giuseppina Streponi, along with the other heavy dramatic soprano roles that Suliotis had undertaken within a few years of her debut, had begun to take a serious toll on her voice. 
and while her performances of Abigaila were at times extremely exciting, at other moments her singing suffered from careless phrasing and poor intonation. She could be in excellent form one night and in near disastrous form just a few nights later. This brings us to one very important aspect of Suliotis's career, the fact that her performances were always notoriously erratic. A very famous 1967 Carnegie Hall concert performance of Norma is one case in point. Although less than a year after her La Scala debut, Suliotis's appearance at Carnegie Hall on the 9th of November caused a legendary flameout that landed her in the pages of Time magazine. The star-studded audience included the who's who of the New York opera scene, various famous directors, singers, including Zinka Milanov and Regina Crespa, and even Maria Callas herself, whose attendance was wildly anticipated. According to commentators, the performance got off to a rocky start for Suliotis, but she managed to finish the first act in strong form. It was Callas, however, who received the frenzied ovation as she re-entered the hall at the end of intermission. Time magazine described what followed. As the next act got underway, Suliotis's vocal lines became entangled with soprano Nancy Tatum's in the tricky cabaletta Si finalore estreme. Suliotis reached for a high C, missed, and hid her arm in shame. A chorus of boos accompanied her exit. Shortly thereafter, the performance came to a sudden halt. The lights went up, and the orchestra filed off stage, leaving the audience murmuring in bewilderment. The torrent of catcalls that had ushered Suliotis off stage apparently prompted her to cancel the rest of the performance. Callas had left her box and was nowhere to be seen, though she is said to have been asked backstage immediately and evidently spent the ensuing forty minutes calming Suliotis down. It worked. After a long interval, the lights dimmed and the opera continued. Time commented how, when Suliotis returned, her eyes flashed and she paced the stage like a tigress, finishing the act with a fiery. Rafter ringing performance. Now I was very fortunate to obtain a recording of that very night's performance. It was a pirated recording made from the audience, and I'd like to play to you the last portion of the final trio of Act One in this very famous recording made on the ninth of November, nineteen sixty-seven, in Carnegie Hall.
thrilling conclusion there of Act 1 of Bellini's Norma, with Helena Suliotis as Norma in that very famous performance from the 9th of November 1967 in Carnegie Hall. In November 1968, Suliotis gave a concert performance of Nabucco for the London Opera Society, and again commentators noted the erratic nature of her performance. In June 1968, she returned to London, making her Covent Garden debut as Lady Macbeth. It was her first attempt at the role, and again, certain scenes were magnificent, while others went for nothing. Many sources repeat the inaccurate information that Suliotis made her Metropolitan Opera debut as Lady Macbeth during the 1969-1967 season. Although she was indeed scheduled to sing Lady Macbeth, the first few months of the season were cancelled due to a strike. Sadly, she was never to sing at the Met. Although demand for Suliotis' supercharged singing continued, six years of off-road singing, as James Whitson puts it, were beginning to exact a serious toll on her voice. Evidence from her live recordings, as well as the latest studio sets, indicate that her voice had become ragged quite quickly. While the power of her vocal instrument remained intact, the beauty of tone and control over pitch were damaged forever. What makes the brevity of her main career all the more shocking is when one considers a list of some of her contemporaries and near-contemporaries. Gina Demetrova, Eva Marton, Jessie Norman, Edita Gruburova and Luciana Serra. Suliotis was blessed with a true lyric-traumatic voice of notable individuality, an impressive range and ample power to spare. She furthermore possessed an arresting stage presence and delighted vocal cognoscenti with her characterful portrayals of some of the most difficult parts in Italian opera. One of the great things about Suliotis, noted Ira Sif, was that she had no affect. I think she just went out and did it, he once noted. Everybody thought her voice was incredibly impressive, but I thought kind of scary, like it was going to self-destruct rapidly. Let's listen now to Suliotis' account of Abigail's threatening recitative, Prode Guerriere, from Verdi's Nabucco. Oh, 
Rode Guerrier, as sung by Elena Suliotis, Bruno Prevedi, and Dora Caro in this 1965 recording of Verdi's Nabucco, with Lamberto Gardelli leading the orchestra and chorus of the Vienna Opera. It was Suliotis's own aspirations, as well as the expectations placed on her by the public and critics alike, to be the next Callas that fueled the rapid decline of her vocal ability. In trying to emulate Callas, Suliotis no doubt unwisely brought about her own vocal undoing. One only needs to listen to her astonishing Abbe Gehila to realize what went wrong. The forcing of the chest voice upwards, the artificial darkening of her vocal timbre to achieve contralto lows, the forcing at both extremes of her range, and the fierceness of declamation which were too much for such a young voice to handle comfortably. Vocally, Suliotis's voice lacked the true technical skill and musicality that made Kala such a unique artist. A further aspect that was missing was a genuine command of piano singing. Her upper register went into this kind of light, white place for piano, notes vocal coach Ira Sif, and then it went into that same place and pushed for forte. She sang with this one approach that was sort of half a technique, and she created Elena Suliotis out of that. Other singers, like Caballé and Scotto, had a real grasp of how to place the breath to produce a pianissimo and how to expand the breath to produce a forte tone. Suliotis seemed to simply follow how she'd like the music to go as best she could, without a technical scheme to achieve it. Yet, despite these technical limitations, Suliotis achieved some of the most astonishing electric performances ever recorded. The next track that I would like to play to you is Louisa Miller's desperate prayer to punishimi o signore from Verdi's Louisa Miller. Oh, <laughs> 
Viaria Tu Punishimi O Signore from Verdi's Luisa Miller and the Orchestra of the Rome Opera was conducted by Oliviero Di Fabritis in this 1967 recording. Suliotis went on to marry Marcello Guirini and purchased a magnificent Medici villa on the outskirts of Florence, pursuing a free-willing lifestyle, driving fast cars and keeping late hours. In 1972, she returned to Covent Garden to sing Abigail in a new production of Nabucco, but was not in good voice and was severely booed at the end of the performance. Enthusiasm for her future as a recording artist also appeared to be on the wane. Peter G. Davis, former classical music critic of the New York magazine, remembers the critical drubbing her studio Norma received. It was just a disaster, he once stated. Clearly Decker thought they had bet on the wrong horse, as it were. They cut out all the boring bits to fit the recording onto two LPs and then were cynical enough to market it as the true essence of Bellini's genius. Yet Suliotis continued to add new roles to her repertoire. The title roles in Tosca, Manolesco, Bellini's La Straniera, Catalani's Lorelei and Zandunai's Francesca da Rimini. In 1973, she performed the role of Santuzza in Cavalleria Rusticana at Covent Garden, though this turned out to be her last performances at the house. By 1974, after she tackled an unfortunate La Fanciulla del West in Rome, the offers to sing at major houses had dropped off to almost nothing. As her career as a dramatic soprano limped to a finish, battles with Elogenisti intensified, and Guerini contends that the constant pressure induced Suliotis to shred her prima donna mantle. Here is Pace Pace Mio Dio from La Forza del Destino.
Pace, pace, mio Dio, from Verdi's La Forza del Destino. And Elena Sudihoti is there, the artist performing with the Orchestra of Rome, conducted by Silvio Varviso. After an absence from the stage that lasted several years, Sudihoti's began a second career in comprimario roles, beginning in 1979, and mostly in Russian operas. She sang Fata Morgana in Sergei Prokofiev's The Love for Three Oranges in Chicago and Florence, and went on to sing in such operas as Prokofiev's The Gambler, Mama Lucia in Mescani's Cavalleria Rusticana, and Puccini's Suar Angelica, in the latter as the Zia Principessa. In February 1981, Suliotis had a small role as Susanna in Mussorgsky's Covancina at La Scala, but although she was only 38, her voice had been worn out through constant misuse. Suliotis's farewell to the recording studio came in 1991, when she recorded the role of the Zia Principessa in Suar Angelica opposite Mirella Freni. That recording, according to one critic, like so much of Suliotis's work, is at once powerful and saddening. Powerful in that the character comes alive like no other version on disc. Shocking and saddening when we step back and realize that Freni was only eight years older than Suliotis at the time of the recording, and so much finer in purely vocal terms a symbol of what could have been had things been different. While her voice was not quite in the shape it was earlier in her career, her personality was as formidable as ever. Towards the end, Suliotis achieved a noted success as the Countess in Tchaikovsky's The Queen of Spades, performing the role in several venues. It also proved to be her final stage role when she bid farewell to the operatic stage in Stuttgart in February 2000. Let's listen now to Suliotis's account of Lady Macbeth's famous sleepwalking scene, Una Machia Equitutora, from her complete recording of Verdi's opera. Oh! 
Lady Macbeth's sleepwalking scene from Verdi's Macbeth in that studio recording from 1971 with Elena Suliotis as Lady Macbeth. Una macchia è qui tuttora and Lamberto Gardelli conducted the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Difficult relations with her husband eventually resulted in a separation. They managed to maintain a close friendship and remained very affectionate to each other. Guerini was a marvellous musician and Suliotis, in a way, couldn't do anything without him artistically. Suliotis died suddenly of heart failure on the 4th of December 2004 at age 61. I think she didn't want to live anymore, Gitani once said. She wasn't happy at the end of her life. Her career, in a way, was her happiness. She was a great talent, and sometimes people try to put you in a career that is too big for you at that moment, not thinking that it's better to give you an evolution. Let's listen now to the aria Moro ma prima in grazia from Unballo and Maschera by Verdi, in which Amelia pleads with Renato to see her son one last time before he kills her. This was recorded in 1967 with Oliviero de Fabritis conducting the Rome Opera Orchestra.
The aria Moro Ma Prima in Grazia from Verdi's Un Ballo in Maschera as sung by Elena Sugliotis and Oliviero di Fabritis conducting the Orchestra of the Rome Opera. While Sugliotis was often criticised during her career, her strengths have earned her an ever-growing following. Even though she recorded only six of her roles complete, live recordings exist of almost all of her roles. The animal intensity which she brought to many of her performances has rarely, if ever, been surpassed. Siliotis was a true creature of the stage and used her imposing presence to supplement her peculiarly individual voice, which was certainly callous-like in its intensity of expression and its erotic frisson, but which was never as controlled in terms of real artistry. As Alan Blythe noted, in an age which saw too many mundane and orthodox singers, Suliotis was a splendidly uninhibited artist. For vocal expert Ira Sif, Suliotis's studio Cavalleria is his favourite memento. She simply gave 110%, but at what price, he asked. You have to ask yourself, if she hadn't been who she was, would she have been the Elena Suliotis we remember? If she had been careful or conserved, I think not. Nobody would have cared for her. Here is the duet Alovedi from Cavalleria Rusticana, and Suliotis is joined by tenor Mario Dal Monaco as Torrido in this recording from 1967.
That was Aloveri from Cavalleria Rusticana, as sung by Elena Suliotis and Mario Del Monaco. I'd like to end off tonight's program with a live recording of the Cabaletta Sagogia del Trono Arato from a live performance of Nabucco. For me, Adrian Fuchs, till next time, have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>